This is the main podcast with Carrie and Evan. This week's guest is Dan from La Coco Nostra. Hey, everybody. It's Carrie with the main podcast. want to thank you for listening to us for the past year and a half. Your support, interest, and friendship has been a great blessing on us, more than we ever expected. I want to thank our sponsors of the main podcast currently, La Coca Nostra, Treeline Cannabis, Wisely Cannabis, Corporal Cannabis, Men, Dunny Gummy, Cure, Rugged Roots, and Water Roots. It is because of their contributions to the main podcast that we can continue to give you this type of information about the main cannabis scene. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your entrance. You obviously said that you moved from Connecticut to Maine. Was yes. that your step? Now, was it because of cannabis? Um, you know what? I uh, went to school in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. um, Keene State, and was in New Hampshire for four years. And, like, I loved it up there. You know, it's it's just a little slower pace than where I am in Connecticut. Yep. Uh, so when I came home, you know, went back to work, um, ran into a uh, friend from college. We ended up dating. Uh, and uh, a couple of years into Connecticut, we were both like, hey, you know, maybe it'd be cool to try somewhere different. You know, we both traveled a lot. We were like, if we don't like it, we just come back home. And uh, she found the place uh, over near L.L. Bean, was like, hey, do you want to do it? And uh, I gave her all the credit in the world because I followed, but she picked it out and found the place, and uh, it led to where I am today. Now, how so, long after you moved to Maine did you start growing? Right away. Oh, right away? Right away, yeah. You had been growing before. I had been growing before. Um, I was in Connecticut, um, had just small garden. I mean, like like most people, mm-hmm. it was too expensive or not good enough, and I was tired of paying for it. So I said, shoot, I'm going to try this myself, and it just snowballed. Yep. But once you got to Maine and it was able to have a little more legal freedom, mm-hmm. mm. I was able to experiment and play around a little bit more. Yeah. Did it feel like legal freedom in a sense? Because I, I want to say even maybe 2012 to like 2017, you never quite knew uh, as a caregiver, like if something was going to happen. I do think, yeah, it was probably pretty sketchy for a lot of people, you know, because it, it probably a lot of people made money, though, too, because while some were sketched out, others were like, hey, we're doing it legal. Run with it, you know, and they were going all guns blazing and doing the, you know, the things that we're doing now as far as, you know, uh, immediate family can share, you know, is, is certain aspects of the cultivation facilities and stuff like that. You know, those those guys are doing it right from the beginning because they found these weird loopholes and stuff like that. Or, you know, maybe not that exact instance, but something like it. So I do, I do think in 2012 and 17, it was a, a weird time for sure. Yeah, I uh, I was, I pretty much acted as if I still lived in Connecticut. Didn't yep. really talk or say anything. And mm-hmm. um, it was hard to break that shell, to be honest. You grow up in Connecticut, and it's not the friendliest You don't know state. anybody already, sort of. And you're saying Connecticut wasn't really cannabis friendly. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So when I come here, and like you were saying, there was guys doing things where so openly that I was like, you're crazy, even though it's legal. Right. Uh, it took me a long, long time to 
like I said, get out of that mode and be a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, you had to open. unthink and untrain yourself from everything that you'd always learned as a survival, honestly, right? Nailed it on the head, exactly. Mm, yeah, that's the way it felt. Like I remember when I got into growing, it was tw 14. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I felt comfortable enough, but yet I felt like any time I was inside the grow, like I wouldn't be surprised if somebody would have come to the door. And there wasn't a lot of knowledge back then either. I think Not a the lot same of that, streams we have now. I think a lot of that, though, the paranoia and stuff is definitely fueled by the past sativas. history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sativas one. But I also think like the past history of like cannabis and like everything we saw on TV was like, you know, even like, it, like go back to like the basic of like a GTA video game or whatever the you know the old store the old any of the old movies it's always you know some guy growing weed making a lot of money and the feds raiding them or something like that you know or selling drugs and they it's always kind of associated so I think even though there was a legal framework it always felt like well I have this feeling in the back of my head like this shouldn't be legal you know even though I'm doing it and I think we it, are you saying we have a hard time trusting police <laughs> yeah I think that's yeah. that's that's for sure but also too I think that. The, dip, the federal and state difference really is what's kept a lot of people from doing it until it's gotten to the scale of that it is now mm. where they feel like, okay, clearly the feds aren't targeting legal operating businesses. You know, there's just no, I mean, it may be in some instances, they are a little bit egregious with how far they go with their reach to some people, but it seems like if you're falling within the framework, you're able to operate without much interference. Part of opening up to was those guys that were doing things that I thought were maybe pushing the envelope on things. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, I'm not doing anything nearly as crazy as them. Exactly. What, the hell, am I what the hell am I worried about, right? right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The next, it's, it's like, okay, I don't have to be worried because of the next guy. You know, yeah. that guy, but the next guy is bigger than me. So the feds weren't coming to my house for 50 plants mm -hmm. when there's 10,000 maybe a yeah. few towns over. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. When did you start learning more? You said you kind of kept to yourself. When did you start learning more about other people out there in the industry or, or what's become like an industry or the caregivers? You know what I mean? That's it been sounds, relatively it sounds new, so isn't it? so simple, but you go to the Hydra store, you know what I mean? Oh. And you end up talking to people there. Um, it was really funny. I uh, when What I, would have been down your way? Which one? Well, when I lived in Freeport, I would go down to the Portland all the time. Yeah. Uh, the store I went to is not open anymore, but the owner of that store was like, hey, you need to meet my friend. You know, he he was like, hey, you got a really nice product. Like, come meet my friend. I meet his friend. His friend <laughs> lives five houses down from me, is my neighbor. Mm -hmm. And um, he introduced me to people. You know what I mean? And it kind of just snowballed. Like I said, I'm not afraid to talk to people or, or whatever. It was just and like telling them about everything. As yeah. far as being social, making friends, I I think I can do that. Easy you know enough. what I mean? Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's been second nature but for you. you that's got, who you are. You're way in a bolt. Like you want to make friends, but you also want to keep that part of your life private because there needs to be. Yeah, you don't yeah. want, you know, people have big mouths, <clears throat> talk easy. Somebody can break in. Someone, you know what I mean? Just yeah. people yeah. see opportunity in it and you got to watch out sometimes. Yep. No, I'm sorry. When you started growing, you were growing in the house. And is that still where you're growing now? So right now we uh, we moved from Freeport uh, and I bought a, piece, uh, bought a house with a couple acres. Mm -hmm. And um, I explored the idea of leasing and renting a space. Um, I just couldn't do it with those triple end leases. I just thought these things are crazy. Uh, so I decided to just put up the money live super poor and build a uh, a barn on the property yeah. nice. and now 
you know, when you have kids, you don't want that stuff in the house. Like, yeah. right. You know what I mean? You, you have to someone. start thinking about that too a little bit, right? How it was going to impact you like right here at home, right there at home. Yeah, so. no, I just remember you were saying something to me at one point, I think about how you were growing at home or it was at your house. And I so, was yeah, trying to decipher I grow it. on my property, but in a yeah. different uh, dwelling on the property. That's almost, I feel like uh, I talked to a lot of people and they're like, oh, if I could live in my grow, how, you know, how good I would. Do you think that that has kind of helped you in a sense to keep a consistent quality, being so close to the fact that you can always tend to it? Yeah. So on and so on, you know? I mean, I try to keep a nice family work schedule, so, you know? Try to do, you know, eight to nine to five, mm -hmm. you know, come home, dinner, hang out with the kids, yeah. read bed, come eight o'clock. It's get... nice for me to just walk over to my grow, check on things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, 1030 at night, I forgot something. Let me go walk, you know, 200 yards and exactly. check up on everything. So, yeah, yeah it, it has been um, a blessing in that mm -hmm. way of keeping quality control up. It was a good idea then to build barn. Well, just even little things like an alarm goes yeah. off on your phone. You're right I don't there. gotta drive 30 minutes somewhere. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm right there to fix the well, problem. Yeah. And there's some people I know and and no just credit because I know that they said that's the only place I could find at one point. And I get that, but they're like an hour and a half. And it's like, and they've been making that drive and sometimes they do it. It's crazy, you know? And, and I do think that sometimes the dips in quality, it's le less apt to happen when you can respond right away, figure out what's going on. You don't put it off to the next morning, then maybe you forget the next morning and you know, shit just rolls on. So it is pretty cool, but that must've been a big drawback of that. Was it hard to try to find that work family balance with being so close? Cause I feel like for anyone, it would be easy to get just so roped into that project and just keep it going all cylinders all the time. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, having a family, you want to spend time with them, but then you have a business, which is also like your family yeah. and another baby that you want to nurture and take care of. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, like I said, trying to do easy things to myself where it was like, Hey, set this schedule, only work these hours. Right. If you have to do stuff after you have time to do stuff after, yeah. right. You know, I'm close enough to do these things where again, the kids go to sleep. I can go to work for a couple more hours at night. Easy mm -hmm. peasy. Right. Yeah. Um, but, at first, when I was building, growing, family, that was really, really tough. There oh, was yeah. no time for anyone. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, but now that everything's kind of settled down now. Uh, How long has it been settled down for now? Uh, about two years now. Oh, two years. Yeah. Um, with the setup, it's been running pretty succinct. Yeah, so I have it perpetually moving. Um, like I said, the day I take down a harvest, we clean that room out, spick and span. And we get new plants in there. I should say, I get new plants in there that day. Yep. No time down, right? Yep. And it's easy. Just a big circle in my space, right? So <laughs> the bedroom feeds flower room one, flower room two, flower room three, you know? And um, it runs nice and smoothly. And uh, when you can have everything compacted like that, you can save time on things too. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that helps a lot. It's that choreography that you create within the garden, right? How things move all around. <laughs> and is it is it kind of, is that fun too, having designed your own grow? Yeah, to definitely. To that I, scale too, because there I were probably a, unknowns. You were growing at a smaller I come from a family before, right? of tradesmen, right? So yep. electricians, sheet rockers, framers, I've done all that type of work. So getting into a big open space and then seeing like to like build a grow room that excites me man i love that yeah you know what i mean that 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 gets me going i'm like okay 
because you, you got to make it right mm-hmm. and you you know you know you just want to do it once too right you know what i mean i don't want to go back and be like oh, i should have done this that or the other thing so um luckily been growing for you know this many years now that i failed so many times that i go oh crap don't do that again yeah awesome lesson to learn right yeah there are those lessons and normally it impacts efficiency the most and and, and how you adjust for that too uh that's pretty much part I of I love failing. End. I'm telling you guys. Um, I learn more from failing with growing than I do succeeding because it's simple. You fail, you ruin something, you know what not to do again. And if you do it again, that's your fault, man. You didn't learn and you didn't pay attention to your plans. And sometimes you need to fail to get ahead. So you said you've been using cocoa since day one, basically. Uh, I started using cocoa in um, 2008 or nine is when I started. I had some plants in soil, which a lot of people do, and I'm not knocking Before soil 2008? at all. Excuse me? Before 2008? Yes. In soil, okay. And my buddy was like, hey, let's, you ever try cocoa? I was like, no, 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 you know, you're at that point where you're like, let's try whatever. Yep. And I had soil plants next to cocoa plants, same genetics. And it was night and day difference as far as the growth was concerned. Mm-hmm. The soil was just much slower. <laughs> right. And um, Oh, yeah. It usually it, delayed quite a bit in veg, which really slows that process down too, right? Like we were talking. Yeah, exactly. You put together. Exactly. And then you need to use bigger pots sometimes if you want bigger plants, where cocoa was like the opposite. Get these big, beautiful plants in these small pots and just feed them a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I now have so much more control over the plant, I felt like, that... I kept gearing, I kept just using cocoa, cocoa. And as I've gotten along, uh, as I've moved along, it's just, it's the medium for me. It's not for everybody. I know some people don't like it. Some people love it. Uh, But for me, it it works perfect for my setup right now in medical. But if I was going to go rec, I'd probably go Rockwell. Like the growth Rockwell. Yes. Yeah. Just because the numbers are different and you can run more numbers in rec. Right. And because you just want to, you're vegging for such a small period of time. Everything's like a stock, a bud, everything's a top at that point. So, yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, and this is why I say I'm very open minded. I love cocoa. But if I, you know, if I was going to have a rec, you locked yourself into a business plan, (laughs) into a business model (laughs) with your name. Are you going to have to become La Rockwell Nostra? What's that? Are you going to have to become La Rockwell Nostra (laughs) when you go to rec? It'll have to be your recreational account. For right now, I'm going to ride the medical program as long as I can. Uh, If rec ever happens, uh, I'll worry about it then. But (laughs) I'll always be open and honest, too. You know what I mean? So transparency is key. Yeah, no, We were talking about that earlier. We wish, you know, sometimes just any businesses would be more transparent. So, like, for me, always want to be an open book, man. Like, when it comes to La Coca Nostra. Like, that's why I always, like... Well, I want full garden shots of my room. I want you to know that it's clean in there. You know what I mean? I yep. want you to be able to actually see the bud, see what's going on without actually coming in, but as much as possible show you. I want you to almost feel like you're in my garden through the Instagram a little bit. Yeah, you do post a lot of like, uh, we're, we're getting a lot of the tops. We're getting a lot of the body of the, the, the flower room sometimes and the beauty of it, like setting it above it. That's what you like showing off the tech and and the and their response to how you're growing. Them. I think you posted. Did you, are you the one that posted something? This is to piggyback off what Carrie just said, uh, of a way of like spraying the room, or, or uh, it was like a 
uh, type of sprayer or something like that. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah, that just was today. Right? Yeah, it was just today. Yes, yeah. Okay. I was like, because I, I had quite a few people show me that and we're like, what the hell? This is so cool. So, yeah, that's a uh, Nutrafogger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I needed to step up my IPA again, IPM game, but it wasn't in the IPA game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because I have issues or anything. It was just like, you know, every once in a while I'll get thrips and I think it comes from like a, a batch of cocoa. It's just things we deal with as growers, right? And you go in there, you spray, you know, and if you don't get everything, then, you know, it, it could be a pain in the ass, right? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You leave one left and you think you got it and the room looks great. And then a couple of weeks later, you know, a couple of little specks again. Yeah. And finally I was like, I'm done with this. Like I need a fogger, man. And I ran into that and uh, I ordered one. I'm a frugal guy, so it was uh, a hard buy for me at first. <laughs> but once I got it up and running, and just another tool that fit in right to my program, I like to be efficient. Nothing's more efficient than that for IPM. Yeah, no, it looks really cool. How often do you end up, um, when, do you, when do you run that? When, when so are the I'll best do times? that for, uh, I'll, I'll fog the room out once a week. Yep. Uh, just as preventative now, you know what I mean? Yep. So every Monday morning I get in there, I. I touch my button and and I close the lights and I come back in a couple hours, I flick everything on and boom, we're good. I mean, you see the fog in there, the coverage on all the plants. Yeah. No yep. one can compare to doing that manually. You know no, what I you mean? Can't. No, you can't. So it's just another tool to throw into the game to save time. How long have you been using them for? Huh? And how, how long have you been using them for? Uh, this is a brand new product. Oh, I've only had new. it for about two months and I usually don't like rep or try to have you have good results stuff. it's not like they're giving me free stuff so why should i say maybe but, they will but I, uh, i'm really impressed and the guy the who the owns bio. the company was a class act uh he just did the right things like that a business should do called him just to have a question he said hey did you start it i said no he goes i don't want you starting it until you call me and we go through everything together like that was impressive to me i was like wow thank you you know what i mean like yeah you don't get business people like you don't that all get the time. that kind no. of service that's what separates them already so props to them good so how often so you've seen results off that this new you said for two months yeah Any, anything coming back to you what, what are you thinking well what i love about it is uh i used to heat treat my rooms uh between, is that jacking it up in yeah temp? i saw i get it at about 130 140 degrees and the heat treatment, the heat will just kill any spores or anything that's in there. The bugs yep. can't, if there's any anything lingering in there, it just won't survive. You know, a lot of people ask me about that. And I'm like, it's just an old greenhouse technique. It's nothing new, but you still gotta be careful with getting a room that hot. This fogger can also use Xerotol now. So then I can just put it in the room, press it. And now the whole room gets Xerotolled instead of heat treatment. Beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time, money, yeah, and so you safer. can stay away from having right. to do that. Yeah, uh, is it like how many hours? Like three, or four hours of blast, or or what you say? Well, it's normally? three or four hours. You want it at that temp, but you yeah. got to remember now. You got to get up to that temp, and sometimes that takes a few hours to get to the one thirty or forty. If yeah. you think like, oh, I've done it for three hours and I just hit one thirty, well, you're you're not doing it exactly what you should be doing. You want to get to that one thirty, start the timer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hoods. Otherwise, you're just hoods and a short ceiling would really heat up quick. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm also yeah. thinking that almost is a little sketchy. That room must feel real hot. Yeah, I mean, under thirty degrees is pretty fucking hot. But you got to remember, wood's not going to combust. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's like six, seven hundred degrees. So be smart, but also you know, know what you're doing and it's not that dangerous. 
I don't know if we should delete this, but I don't know if we should tell people this. No, well, uh, Mike and Emily over at uh, Minecraft Cannabis talked about their incident with aphids. Not root aphids, but aphids. And they used, like, uh, they had to get the temperature of the room with plants in there up to a high temp. And you really jeopardize your plants. You're constantly watering them to try and fight it. But they needed to get it to over 100. I think it might have been one or 110. So, Not yeah, you're sure. right. A long time ago. Well, not, maybe not a long time ago. So it's I don't know if you guys common are... enough practice. Yeah, well. It has been. In... You guys familiar with broad mites? No. I've, I've heard of them, yeah. So when yeah. broad mites first came out, it was like people didn't even know what the heck was happening. And I remember. Uh, what was it old... doing to the plant? Broad mites. So the broad mites, people thought they had bad batches of newts bad cocoa, bad soil. And what happens is the plant just starts curling up and like blistering and not growing. And what happens, these things are so small, you can't see them. They're getting under the inside of the leaves. And the way people were treating them at first was like you were saying, and Last what they room. had to do was you had to get in there, get the room hot, 110 degrees for an hour, but with the plants. Mm -hmm. the plants can deal with it, but you know, 110 is a lot for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but it's effective. Very effective. It's but just it's not gonna scary hold. to think you're blasting your room, though. You know, I mean, that's the thing. You're, you've got to believe in it. That's I mean, why I always hoping. think keep your bedroom as clean as possible. Yeah. Put your most time and effort into IPM and veg. Because if that room's clean, guess what? Your other rooms are going to be clean, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like, if you're starting with good stuff with no problems, so you should continue to have Rockwell, no problems. If you could get into Rockwell, holy cow, they, like the opportunity well, of not having that's, issues. That's, I think, is the biggest plus of it, too, is yeah. that it's so, everyone I talk to is like, the less time you're in veg, less chance of any problem. You know, the quicker you can turn around, the less chance of something happening and really, you know, affecting something. Only thing that's scary is, you know, it's just like anything else with all those little plants close to each other. If one thing has it, it probably spreads like wildfire though, you know, and those big grows too. So, well, yeah. And quicker recovery takes, though, it takes Quick one bug recovery. that sticks around too. Right. And yeah. it's just like, Oh man, like I thought I had it and yeah. you know, you're, you're feeling great. You got it all clean again. And then, Oh God, what a terrible feeling. So working really hard on, uh, always keeping that bedroom clean as possible and like you said i know the turnover but for me like i have moms in there that stay in there for a while right. so you know what i mean i it's just everybody's situation is a little bit different yeah, yeah so for me it's like well and I, I even think a lot of big grows would have to have you know even even in in some room there's going to be a plant that's not cycling through that often you know there's always going to be a mother plant for the most part so unless you're doing like you know I'll, tech like jungle boys and stuff where I think they have like tissue culture and all those like those type of things separate from their actual grow that, that they use for like micro propagation or whatever the whole, you know, new wave of thing is now. But for everyone else, I think, you know, most people have mother plants. <laughs> yeah. I think they will always be the, the school of thought to go both. I think you'll always have mother plants. I think I, I've known gardens and, and it makes a little bit more sense to me as time's gone on, but I wasn't a big proponent of taking clones constantly. And I always thought that degraded the, the, the strain. Do you have thoughts or one direction or another? Like um, the alternative to not I, having know, a mother too. I don't, I don't know. I, is I by no continually that, always taking cuts and feeding it through. And I'm, and I've always thought that having a mother was better idea, better. Yeah. Better idea. But lately I've been hearing counters to that. The one thing I have heard is some people have been like, well, I've run, been running this stream for, 18 years or something like that and you know or what about 92 og yeah how do you run something, something for 18 like years well question How's about 92 possible? og 
when the hell did 92 OG come around? Because yeah, there were so I, many yeah. OGs before the 92 OG, and then all of a sudden, like in the 2000s, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I've got the 92 OG. Yeah. I'm sorry, but where the hell did that come from? I'm not, not mad laughing. at anybody. I'm just curious because I'd love to know. Yeah, some some guy just created it and it caught on like wildfire, and he probably still sits back and laughs and goes, I'm the first one that named 92 OG, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, little do they fucking know. <laughs> as far as the cuts degrading, I don't know, man. Honestly, I think. I think plants get sick because of their root system. That's where things start. That's where problems happen. So if your plant's healthy and you're taking cuts off a healthy plant, I would assume that it's fine. Yeah. But yep. that's my my bro science from my perspective. My bro science. You know, <laughs> I could be wrong, right? Because yeah. sour diesel, there's a cut that, you know, doesn't seem like anybody can really get her to shine like she did back, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I don't know. That's becoming folklore to me now. I don't believe it anymore. Is it just the weed? You guys are weed? all hyping how good sour diesel was back back in the well, day. Is it a thing like, is the weed just that much better today <laughs> that our memory of 15, 20 years ago? More nostalgic? It definitely, I mean, would you see the evolution of what weed was like in the 70s and 80s and 90s? There's obviously been improvements. Of improvements right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So to guess that I would assume too, because I think of like a okay, just like, like the guy that used to buy weed off of, you know, and he used to have the gas, and then all of a sudden now you're buying some gas, and you still see him once in a while. He's like, yeah, check out this shit, and you're like, oh my god, this is what I used to buy back in the day for this guy, you know, like and all this stuff. And I'm not talking like no, nothing like nothing. No, I'm not, talking like the guy you used to like, like eighth dude, you know, like the guy you go hit up for an eighth once in a while that always had something on him, and now that he still has something on him, but it is trash compared to what you can have. And yeah, it's just the truth of the matter. It kind of sucks, but because he's a nice guy, you know, he's got to put food on the table. When when did you start? When how many years did it take for you as a grower to figure out that, hey, I'm a pretty good grower? When did you have the confidence in believing in like decisions Right now, you after you just told there? me. <laughs> Wait, well, I assume that there at some point, well, I'm, I'm my, the I'm idea my own of having critic. confidence to invest in yourself in that craft, it doesn't strike me as something where you're just, you know, uh, it's not the idea of just putting out a product. You want to put out your product, a good product, signature product. Yeah. Five by strain selections and different flavors. Of course. Um, you know, like I want to be confident without having an ego. Right. You know what I mean? And um, that's a balance, isn't it? Yeah. We talked about that a lot or we felt that too. It's like being a leader without, you know, without being a jerk at the same time. Yes, you, know, you got to exactly. find a way to tell someone how to do it, but it, like we're doing it together. Right. I feel like it's a fine line that a lot of people walk, but you know, that's, that's a great way of putting it. You have to be confident without having an ego. And you see sometimes that the balance with some is just way off. The ego can get in the way mm -hmm. of the confidence. Well, a lot of, and fast money hinders that, you know, and if you think about that too, it, it drives the ego. Exactly. And then really without any, and then when you have a lull or you have a down moment or when, when you know, when so you the, think when it, it gets comes down from to the finances gritty, only though? No, well, I think for some people it mm -hmm. motivates their ego. I think the, the, the general money aspect of like how much capital they have and like assets and everything, their, their big operation can really, you know, inflate someone's sense of being. And then it's hard too, because then they get used to like a cushier, you know, sometimes you get something too confident. softer. Yeah. And then that's when you get relaxed. Exactly. That's when problems happen. So yeah, I think that's, a, it's just a cycle sometimes that people go through, but a lot of like, I think people to learn and grow from it for sure. That's why I say failing is a good thing in, in the weed industry. Mm -hmm. So it's diligence. If you're willing to learn from it. Yeah. So it comes back as 
we could keep growing to plants. Diligence, you, you, doesn't it? One plant like you dies, have Carrie, to stay on it. You could do it again, man. You know what I mean? Like, say what? If you kill one plant, guess what? You can grow it again. That's why I say never be afraid to experiment and fail because it's the only way you're going to learn with these plants. Mm -hmm. And now it's cool because we're getting more technology where we're getting like numbers. These are facts, not bro science, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's cool to have that, but. We had to live off our bro science up until a couple of years ago, you know what I mean? Before mm -hmm. all this technology got really good. Yeah. Yeah, there's been much more of a supply. And what was uh, only a West Coast thing has become more of an East Coast adaptability and and, and servicing too. And, and that's we were, the biggest deal. We yeah. were talking about the other day, I, I, I got that shrimp subscription, something mm -hmm. I thought I would never do. But now I can see how my plants are eating in real time. That's like an invaluable piece of information mm. for a grower because then you know when and what to do at the exact moments instead of you going, hey, I can read this plant, I f you know, this plant feels me, I feel the, pl you know what I mean? Yep. Now is it confirmed or affirmed through the new technology that you're using? What your gut instinct used to tell you about a plant? Is, so you see that? I will say, one of the things I'll see confident, my instincts have been pretty good, but not perfect, you know right. what I mean? So now that I see the numbers, I know where to adjust things easier and quicker where before I was like, yeah, I was right in the ballpark still though. But now it's just, you're going to save a little more on water, a little more on nutrients. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hopefully going to make an even little bit better of a product. Mm. Yeah. The more refined or the more in depth you get with it. If I can hit the numbers that I'm exactly trying to get, I have a lot of confidence that things will get better when I'm just kind of feeling it out. I got to sit and wait and see what happens. You uh, are you bringing new flavors in continuously? Have you been doing that and introducing them into the garden, like almost on a regular cycle, or or did you go monocrop on something here just recently? So I've been doing a lot of monocrops lately, but that's only because I have the three rooms, so I can keep um, keep them in play. Yeah, and so keep them rotating you, through. You know what it is with the cocoa and monocrops with the rooms I have? It's a pain in the ass to have four different strains in a room and feed them all differently. Because mm -hmm. then I run the risk of the, only half the room comes out good because you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I find it, I can run a, maybe two plants, but they better eat very close to each other, right? So for example, I've got the cherry cookies and the only thing I'll run with the cherry cookies is the cherry dog. You know, mm -hmm. if I were to run Similar cherry patterns. cookies with the chem dog, yeah, one, of the, one of the flowers isn't gonna turn out that well and it doesn't make sense. How come it's not going to turn out well? Because the cherry cookie is going to want to eat like a pig and the chem D is maybe going to not want to eat as much, but want more EC or PPMs, right? Mm -hmm. But now I'm just doing one thing for both of them. One's not going to be as happy as the other. So with the monocrops, it's just easier to give that plant exactly what it wants. And I feel I can get better quality out of that strain by doing a monocrop. So I think is a, sometimes the biggest challenge of such a big room is it like can lack a variety. Cause like you were saying earlier too, I don't know if you guys were bringing it up just a second ago, but like the runts and stuff like that. Yeah. Like those, some of those small differences that you do have to make and adjust between different strains can be really challenging to navigate in such a big, big room. You know, you really have to find groupings that work together. Yeah. Which can take time and money. If you think about it too, in such a, in, in any scale, trying to find something that works together means that you could be going through how many harvests before you find something that's really in sync. It takes years sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's gotta be costly to anyone. You do, um, offsite for, for like a nursery style. And when you're, when you're searching out genetics, 
What do you mean? Like, uh, if or, or like somewhere else in the barn, reading? like a different part of the barn where you um, look into phenomes or, or, or oh, seeds? No, so I'm pretty maxed out on my space as far as. Yeah, right. So uh, you were asking about the variety before. So I, I've got some genetics. I've got, um, geez, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but you know, 10, 12 moms. Sure. And I rotate them obviously in a room. So I keep it enough. And the other thing too is, is and this isn't like trying to be, I think I have some stuff that like just not a lot of other people have too. And that helps me tremendously. The jello. The jello, the yeah. cherry cookie, um, uh, you know, the wedding pie, um, a couple other ones, you know, and that helps big time. Genetics are huge today. Yep. Genetics is what keeps a guy like me alive and working still, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because if I'm sitting there with the same thing as everybody else, I was like, you know, I was saying to you guys, it was like, you know, there was that time where there was so much GMO going around. It was the only time a store was like, hey, you know, we love you, but we just don't need any more GMO. I, well, it's like I don't want Mimosa be... too. Do you, how, do you know how many times it could show like, and it's a lot of the first stage growers and it reminds, it's kind of funny because I feel like that's what everyone started with too, you know? And I see that now. Too. It's like sometimes people that just have started and it's Mimosa, Mimosa, Mimosa. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, in some it feels I like a reintroduction. It, but, uh, yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah. we saw that about three, four years ago, mm -hmm. kind of. And a it, very and it's big okay. push on that, I think, because that was like a, you know, who is that compound genetics? I could be completely wrong on that. I'm, I for, for mimosa. Yeah, I, I know so. I'm not sure, but anyway, that came out. It, it was like wildfire. You know, it was almost better than GMO. Although they came out um, almost better than GMO. Like no, not as far <laughs> as like for my personal opinion, but I feel like as far as the initial hype. <laughs> Mimosa hit really hard oh, for yeah. a decent amount of time. I mean, granted, GMO's been holding on for, you know, I don't know how you know, long. Maybe it's like. partly because we didn't have uh, that. I, I feel like Mimosa was our first um, orange heavy front, yeah. like pungent. Mm -hmm. uh, I hate orange we weed. <laughs> you don't like it <laughs> I, at all. No, My least favorite fan, but, tasting but you're flavor. Yeah, I, I think weed. you're right, too. That was like some really crazy smelling stuff, that Mimosa. You know, they definitely knocked and out flavor wise too unfortunately sure. it's like your favorite it song that they got played on the radio every single hour you know you just got sick of it no matter if you loved it or not i feel like i've never smoked it <laughs> never <laughs> i don't i just not into orange i've weed, only really. smoked it a couple yeah, right. times because it is such a strong sativa that you know like we're talking about i don't know just make what, what flavors are you into what do you like smoking? i grew up on chems and sours and ogs man yeah, like, yeah, the, chems, that's where i am and then what, one of my favorite strains that I wish was just, I wish the, the stores can carry it and I wish it was more available was the Piff, the Haze. Uh, you know, they grew a lot of it. It was, uh, you know, back in the day, it was a lot of Haitians and Cubans. They would grow it down in, uh, in Florida area mm -hmm. and, you know, it would work its way up to New York and as kids, you know, you, you get it. And that is stuff that still to this day, like strength and taste wise, I think, if you can get good patches of that again, that would still be on par with any of the top stuff today. Yeah. So haze, OG, sour, chem, yeah, man. And then haze for the newer stuff, man, does... the cherry cookies is phenomenal in the flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the first cookies that I was like, God damn, I like cookies now. <laughs> Yeah, you told me that. You told me that. It had been a long time coming where you were somewhat resistant. What what what, what won you over? With the cookies, with the cherry cookies. Just being unbiased, smoking it and going, yeah, this is good. Who cares what it's called or where it comes from? If yeah. it's good, it's good. Mm -hmm. And that's how all weed should be judged by. Back to the haze. Yes. Uh, does haze grow in a better environment? Uh, is it a better outdoor plant? I've been thinking about so this So as far lately. as I knew it, it was a big like indoor. I'm sure you can grow it outside too, but it was more of an indoor 
style plant that went 90, 100 plus days. So I would think probably in Florida you can grow it outside. Here you couldn't ever dream of it. You know no, what I mean? But right. uh, it was more of an indoor variety, I believe, for the East Coast. 90 day. How do you justify that? Like, what what's the return on it outside of the? Well, so it's the uniqueness back, of back it, right? In those years, the price of weed was just a lot more, six thousand dollars a pound. You know what I mean? So, Damn. wow, four or five hundred dollars for an ounce of that, really good. It used to come in different batches. I'd seen it. You know, you'd have a guy who come through, and he's like, "Hey, I've got haze, six different kinds, but it was all the same haze." Just different grades. Like I was saying before, yeah. somebody just did a better job of growing it than the next guy. Sure. And there was a price difference in it yeah. reflected. And um, That's good marketing. I think it's always fair to play that way. I mean, back then, that's just what it was. Yeah. Otherwise, beat it and you're not getting anything. <laughs> <laughs> you knew how the rules were. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. If somebody still has that haze, I'll give you $500 an ounce for it right now. Well, you would. I would pay it just, because just to have of... it and because I know how good it is. You tend to have a little bit of a nostalgia. You've been a smoker for quite a long time of your life, I'm thinking. Long time. Yeah. Uh, In your teens, somewhere yes, around there? Yeah, yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. And um, what do you what do you like most about, uh, well, I kind of lost my thought there for a second. What do I like about weed? Like, yeah, like what, what, what is it what that you like? It? Yeah, Yeah, right. man. Uh, as a kid, I smoked it and was like laughing hysterically, so happy, you know, and I was like, God, I feel great. Then there would be times I would smoke and, you know, we all have stuff going on. I mean, in high school, who cares? Like, it, not a problem. But at the time, I'm like, oh, I got so much going on. <laughs> and I hit the bowl. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the hell was I worried about? Yeah. Right? You know? Mm -hmm. And uh, having ADHD, you know what I mean? Like, it's helped calm me down. And for some people, like, oh, it makes you lazy. For me, it's helped me calm me down help me focus and like stay on task to that task instead mm -hmm. of working on this task a little bit and then going to this task and then going to that task and then going, I just made a huge mess. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. No, I, I feel like it's definitely beneficial to some people. Like um, I, I've talked to like a lot of people that I think in your position too, they're like cannabis has helped me more than like Adderall or anything else. You know, all these other prescription drugs there, there are really a tremendous amount of people that I think have found minute, benefits from cannabis not like anything big or or life-saving necessarily but stuff that helps our everyday life you know and it's much better than a lot of other things they could turn to and i was saying to you guys the edibles i, I love them now you know I, i've always loved edibles but now i've been really every night i 50 milligrams because you know what i get the best night's sleep i stay asleep yeah. and i feel so refreshed in the morning mm -hmm. that what, why wouldn't I want you know, to feel like that and get the benefits of that? The edibles before bed is the biggest seller, is it not? Like in my experience, have yeah. you noticed like the I purpose mean, for edibles? That's the number one that I I think definitely coming across. that's a lot of reasons for people to do it for sure. And also people that maybe just don't want to smoke, you know, like in, yeah. in general, there's a lot yeah, of like right, athletes right, right. or something. Yeah, that's sometimes. true. Yeah, and I mean, we can go down the list of other things it helps with, but I don't know about you guys, but for me today, and if you're going to be like, what's the thing I like weed most? It helps me sleep. It helps me stay asleep because if I don't get good sleep, I mean, you guys know we're not the same person, yeah, right? No, you don't don't run not, yeah, you yeah. don't run mm -hmm. the same. Yeah, you don't operate the same. Well, what about you guys? What do you, I mean, you, you know, both that's smoke. funny. Well, what, what, I usually why? just um, smoke like joints or, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm mostly that way, but I've been reaching into edibles here and there every so often, a little bit more than I used to ever. Yep. And I want to see what the attraction is more. And so I've enjoyed it. Uh, I had it the other night, but I didn't 
I didn't do it where I wasn't trying to do it before bed either. Like I didn't want that hit yet. I, I don't know. I just wanted to test it. So where the hell was I? Oh, the lit girl party. Right, right. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Evan? No, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think cannabis is like more of a started as like a social thing. You know, when I was younger and like, I think the same with a lot of you guys, like no one really smoked by themselves when they were younger or maybe didn't start out. And maybe there are some people that did, but for me, it started with like a group of friends. And that was, I think the first introduction, it was like kind of like almost like this, uh, you know, passage into young adulthood, I guess you could say. And, and we're like, oh God, 16, 17, I want to say. And it wasn't like we were smoking all the time, but that was like the first time I probably ever, you know, smoked cannabis. Everybody and then throws was, down five bucks. We yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, exactly. That's a, yeah, 100%. And so, and then it advanced, obviously, like, you know, I, and I just dabbled in it once in a while. But then, like, you know, I started smoking as I got older more often, but it really was a social thing for a long time. And now I think it's just more so like I don't consume as much, but it's because I'm not smoking with as many people and doing that. You know, it's maybe like like we did today. You know, yeah, we right. Joint, everyone yeah, takes a right. couple hits and then we do other things, you know, so. I find myself using it more and more, but uh, I. I used, uh, I smoked last night, but I was uh, out near the lake and it was just the idea of being in a different environment. It hit me and I and I only slept six hours, but it felt like a good refreshing six hours. Yeah. So sometimes getting six at a time, that's nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know. So with you in particular, do you have any plans on trying to scale up? Has that ever crossed your mind or anything like that as far as maybe even potentially like a retail location i know that's something that some people really have been looking into well i, I personally don't want a retail store uh i really enjoy growing product and working with the stores and letting them sell the product i for me i feel like that works well for me right, right. um having a store would just add so much more work to what i already am doing that the retail side of things is not for me. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy working with the stores and building these relationships with places and, and, you know, getting to know people better and learning more from these people as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You like going on the road. You like hitting the stores. We talked about that. Yeah. Before. I mean, I think it's, you know, I got my delivery days down. I, you know, I'm going to see mostly the same people every time. Uh, you know, uh, it's cool. I look forward to it. And, you know, I, I I think Brings they kind of look here. forward to it. Yeah, That's how man. this happened, too. I hope they you know, look forward to it, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we got to, uh, I think it was early 19 is when I, we might have met the first time over at since. Sens yeah, that's how I got introduced to Sense Amelia was uh, actually you hit me up and we're like, hey, you know, we're looking for uh, vendors. Well, let's talk. And God, uh, I forgot what the strain was. Do you remember what it was? Do. It was do -si -do. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. I'm glad you did. Okay. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I've worked with the same stores now and built relationships with these yeah. guys and these women. You know what I mean? That, like, I feel comfortable doing that. I like being the grower. I don't want to be the store. So do we have anything? We are just talking about strains. Obviously, you started with Dosi Do. Right now, what are you up to exactly? Some of the stuff that you're running. Maybe, I don't know. I don't so know lately, I've been crushing the uh, Jello. Everybody... I really liked it. Everybody's been giving Stuffy me a really me good, uh, good reviews on review it. about yep. it. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's give the people what they want. Yep. I like smoking on it too. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I love that it's got that kind of some of that old school gassy OG to it. That's, that's exactly yeah, yeah. That's what it I was, was the OG also. that came through for me. But that's it has that new dense gelato look to it a little mm-hmm. bit. You know what I mean? So it kind of mixes the the old with the new. Um, uh, so it also co- changed the structure of the plan a lot. What's that? Or did it take on OG structure or did it? Yeah, go- it grows like an OG. Oh, it does. It's like a more stout OG. Mm-hmm. Um, not as lanky, but more like girthier in the stems. Uh, and as far as other strains, Cherry Cookies, uh, Cherry Dog. Uh, the other room, I'm about to run a room of Triangle Kush Tangy. Uh, that's orange weed. So even though I say I hate <laughs> orange weed, I still grow it and I will smoke it. So yep. where's um, your dis- distaste for orange weed come from? Because I know what you're saying. As much as I want to warm up to say like a captain's cake, I sometimes I have a hard time because it's orange weed. Right. It just, I taste it and I'm like, oh, I don't like that taste. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's not good. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it doesn't get me uh, the effects I'm looking for. It's just my personal preference is not orange weed. <laughs> purple? Yeah, I have no problem with purple weed. I know it got a bad name about, you know, that purple weed doesn't get you high. It just looks pretty. It's like, I, I don't know, man. I've smoked some really strong purple weed. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a hater on purple weed at all. When you first got genetics back when you first started it was just grab anything or did you have a connect uh in that respect i'm absolutely blessed in life to get the genetics i have i've never asked for anything and i've just been at the right place at the right time meeting the right people Mm -hmm. and it kind of snowballed into um my first mentor I ever had was this uh, woman uh her name was buttle on uh, ic mag and she kind of she, she was like older than me. I was younger. She treated me like uh, an adult. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it, it just, I kind of lost track. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. You were talking. Uh, uh, what was the topic again? I'm sorry. I started thinking about my friend because I haven't seen her in a while. I was, that was, that, I was like, oh, crap. The topic, the topic we originally were talking about, like prior to the selection of strains. Oh, how I got, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. So no, no, Buttle gave me cuts and she was already in the community, right? You know what I mean? And she kindly gave me some cuts and it just kind of rolled into, hey, you can hand this out, don't do this. Keep this one, but you can do whatever you want with this. And I always kept them healthy. I always kept my word on things. And you know, it just grew from that. And that after a while, people, I had friends who maybe weren't growing, but I was constantly always growing. And they'd be like, hey, I got some genetics. I'm going to grow like yep. in six months. Will you hang on to this? You can have it. But just kind of get a few snips once I get my thing going. Because they know Dan's going to take care of it. He's not going to mess around. If he's going to throw it out, he's going to let me know before he tells me. And um, I've got hands in some really nice stuff over the years. And I'm grateful for it. And uh, it's always come to me without asking, too, which is the other part I find extremely funny because... I sit there sometimes and I'm like, holy crap, like, how am I growing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did I get to this point where I just went with genetics that I had at one point in the whole I've process? I always just ran with what I had. I've never gone to anybody, begged for anything. So when you can and, start and growing what you want to grow? people would just hand me down things, be like, dude, good job. Hey, can you hang on to this? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, and a lot of times people test you. They're like, here, I'm going to give you this. Don't hand it out to anyone. Back in the day, if you got a good cut, yeah. Everyone wanted to be the man and hand it out to everybody, you know? There was a lot of trust between people. And that's one thing that really hit at home, honestly, about like summarizing how close you had to be with someone and how in you had to be with someone to really try to take some steps forward. 
because these were things that they also normally got handed down to them and then originally are now awarded the privilege to give out to someone else so it was it's kind of cool like, yeah but it was, that community. was one of those rules that got broken more than it should have too right for me personally i'm okay with whatever cuts do whatever right but if somebody asked me to not hang to. on to something or not do it yeah my word is strong yeah and i'm gonna do that and if people don't like me because of that or they can't get the cut from me because i kept my word i i, I can't do anything about that i'm gonna stay to who i am and mm -hmm. yeah. keep the character i have mm -hmm. it's fed the access and fed the relationship you have with the people who are giving you some or working with you with genetic selections anyways right right any projects yeah. in the works so uh as of right now i want to make a couple more seeds um i want to reverse the jello because she's been so good i'd kind of like to see what's inside what's inside yeah it. yeah <laughs> so uh my next project will be reverse her make some more seeds and uh maybe try to find a couple phenos from that and nice. again keep keep the uniqueness of my garden up to date right mm. because at the end of the day it's like i have jello right oh not a ton of people have it if i got it though anybody can get it really yeah so it's not like I'm gonna be the only guy in town with these genetics this whole time. And it's important to keep making genetics, mm -hmm. finding genetics, and keeping things unique and new. Yeah, you're right. I agree with that. I, I always thought, or there was a time when most of the genetics that we had were kind of uh, California fed, it felt like. Yeah, for um, sure. And so when that movement went away from it, and I've noticed it more and more, I mean, there's still a heavy California impact, but it feels like there's also a lot more going on with breeding locally, or kind of locally. There's more breeders a new today introduction, than growers. Introduction. I think no, I, I, I think we really. It feels like it. <laughs> you know, for sure, they're definitely popping up. Instagram, I think, is the biggest you know reason why because you can really make a lot of money off it by. Or no, no, I don't really know, but you can you can raise your followers pretty quickly and gain a lot of clout overnight by one little seed, and now everyone knows where that seed comes from, and they can go ahead and purchase it right through you. Yeah. But I mean, I do think that's the trick as a breeder, though, isn't it? Yeah, honestly, but Partly. I do think it. I agree with what you said, though. It seems like a lot of the breeders were out west. That's where you know a lot of these hype strains came from and they made their way to the western facilities for maybe testing or who knows who or at one point maybe these guys all were a tight-knit community like us mm -hmm. even on a larger scale and so it gets there first and then it almost gains some hype as it's being sold to everything over here in the east so now it's changed a little bit you have like we're saying breeders everywhere it, it, it's a good thing but it can also be a bad thing you know uh why more, the, more genetics um, are cool to look through but also you know making so much stuff and not testing it and giving it out i don't think that's fair to the customer or the person even testing it right you know what i mean like um what was his name over at Cincinnati? the guy who came in and was trying to sell us seeds there he's like you gotta carry my seeds <laughs> and uh, you got any you, yes, that's what oh, he was no. willing to have the conversation no, but yeah. man he he was like um yeah the whole conversation was something like but it was know. funny because it was about a breeder He's a breeder he too. Came in, yeah. He's included so in that I've group. Been breeding these so you got the full spectrum. And yeah, and, he, and the, I'm like, oh, I'm out of where? And he goes, out of my house and at my apartment in Lewiston. And I said, well, oh, okay. And then, you know, it advanced on. I said, so wait, he goes, I'm just trying to get everything stabilized. And anytime we ask him anything, he goes, I'm just trying to get everything stabilized right now. We're like, yeah, yeah, we, we get that. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm stabilizing everything. Stabilized. Well, can I ask you guys what your definition of breeding, breeding would is. be? Because 
you know, I say it online all the time. I'm like, I closet hack. I just throw things at things. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. I just do it for fun, right? I do it to preserve genetics because I know I can't hang on to every cut I ever had. You know what I mean? Mm. But to be able to go back in my refrigerator and be like, hey, man, I really want to try some, just for example, strawberry cough again. Hey, I got strawberry cough cross Stardog. I can always reach back for those genetics through the seeds, right? But it doesn't make me a breeder. Right. You know what was really cool? Something that I saw is there was this kid that I, I used to know, or I, I still know, and um, he had like a, you know, a seed collection, but the coolest thing he had was like these massive totes, like, you know, thin enough where he could fit like a uh, seven gram jar, you know, squat, uh, squat mason jar basically in there. And it was filled with all different types of weed labeled with it, you know, and he used to keep it and try to keep all of them, you know, good and without molding and stuff. And it, I mean, it was quite the collection. I think he had like 75 different strains with dates on it, all like five years old, you know, and stuff like that. And it was pretty friggin' crazy to be completely honest. Uh, a lot of it did end up molding over time. You know, I yeah. mean, that's just how it happened. There was a definite cycle to it. Some of it, he just couldn't keep up with Bovita and you know, there's too many humidity dips or changes of environment, but the whole concept of being able to do that somehow, and we've talked about it before, you're talking about like stressing out the plants no no i'm talking the, about like creating a, like a, a collection mm-hmm. of cannabis you know and like and and being able to keep it for a long time like how cool would that be you know yeah I that preservation be va- beyond I think be seal, huh? well if you wanted to preserve it for a while i would put it in a jar or vacuum seal it and then either put it in the refrigerator or a freezer yeah i've uh, been hearing a lot of freezer talk and i didn't believe that well everyone thinks it's going to be like wet uh-huh. because it freezes and all it does is gets cold mm-hmm. so and i know this because like when you uh when you you know you get your lowers and your sugar trim and stuff yeah i uh i always put it in my freezer until i go do my drop off to keep it fresh as soon as you take it out of the freezer if you were to open up the bag it's cold but it's still dry it's not moisture added to it you know what i mean it's just preserving the trichromes yeah interesting and, and, like, and putting food in the freezer does what? Preserves it for longer, right? Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it it will. A proper proper temperature, I would think too, right? It's got to be held. If you're gonna put a gun to my head and say, "Hey, I want you to preserve this weed so it looks like it does today and a year from now," I would vac seal it and then put it like in a dark black bag, and I put it in the freezer, and then I have you come back in a year and hope you'd be happy. <laughs> but but I think it would really help hold it rather than just leaving it in jars in a dark basement or something. Is there, would there, or could there be a different way of preservation? Should we start, should more interest be put in pres, in how we could preserve? I think it's cool. Like, like now I'm like, I want to, I've always thought, we've always talked about too, how cool it would be to have a selection of like old strains, you know, like really start like a buy seven grams of, of each strain or something, you know? Mm. Yeah, get like the old school, you know, I want seven grams of sour, seven grams of strawberry cough, mm-hmm. seven of haze, seven of chem dog or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just pulled together a menu that people could pick from or or play. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to it. So what is breeding? Good question. Uh, like to breeding? me, what to me, what you said kind of defines the type of breeder I expect now from from the area because you're you're looking into what you're what you're trying to reverse or what you're trying to create i feel like back in the like 90s i remember everything being like f5 nl5 you know bx 
seven or whatever, you know? Like things were like, seemed like they were worked more where now things more just seem to be just like, here, let's sprinkle this and see what we get. <laughs> and and that's cool. No, it's done a lot of good. I mean, how many great genetics are around today and people enjoy because people did things like that, you know? To me, a breeder right. though is somebody right. who I get the seeds from. I shouldn't say this, but like in my idea of thinking about it from back then would be like, you would pop seeds and they would be pretty uniform. Not all exactly the same, but that to me would be breeding, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, whoever, what, was what providing, doing, whoever was providing that is a breeder, you'd consider a breeder. Yeah, when You're you right. work it for that long and yep. take that time to do that, I think that's true breeding. Now, when I do something like, hey, I'm gonna reverse something or uh, I'm gonna just find a male from here and hit up a, a tent of some of my clones. Yeah. To me, I'm not breeding, I'm preserving genetics. Like I said, there's a lot of times where I've been like, hey, I love this cut, but I just, she's costing me money sitting here and not being ran anymore. How do I preserve that? Make it into seeds. So once it's in a seed, what I do with it after then can be considered maybe breeding if mm -hmm, I keep working on it. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm just a pollen chucker doing hack <laughs> things and if it works out, great. And if not, you know what, you know, move on to the next one, right? Mm -hmm. But I've hit, man, the ChemD PKs, those are great, man. You could just take any of those seeds, pop 10, find six things, seven things that you'd be like, oh, which one do we keep, right? You know what I mean? And then I have ones like Sourdub to Stardog, which I was like, I can't wait to pop these like right away. Worst fucking weed I've ever oh, grown. That's you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That just would have been great. <laughs> that would have been like, great. And the more you talk to people too, when they like you have these crazy strains, it always is like the free pack that was thrown in with the five packs that they got. You know, like they bought the five C packs and they got the one C pack for free, and that one C pack was the best or something yep. like that. It's always those great, and then the ones that they expected to do well are just shit. So it's always like that fits the narrative. Good, good reason to like not pay attention to the names too. You know what I mean? Because I think people get swayed by oh, just a name of something, mm -hmm. you know? So you throw runts on anything, it's gone. So yeah, we were talking about that. So what do you think? Is runts that like a new benchmark in, in the sense where we've had um, heavily impacted from a larger, like a, what Gorilla Glue was before, what Blue Dream was before, what MOB locally grown was before. Gorilla I love all those weeds, by the way. Too. I know. Yeah, right. Not Blue Dream. There like, wasn't a bad time with them. Northern Lights in this area for outdoor was great. That's the first name, one of the first names I ever learned. I remember getting outdoor. Northern Lights and that had something that I don't get out of a lot of weed today. It was so piney. Remember piney weed? I feel like that's just lost today. Mm, you know what yeah, I mean? Mm. And um, Well, people all, it seems like a lot of people want that gas. It's either gas or fruit. fruit. You know, that literally seems to be the two... It's not even cookies anymore or so, anything like that. It's just, you know, those are the two things people want. Because cookies almost can be, I feel like cookies and dough flavor can sometimes almost come across as a little earthy to some people. It's like a mint chocolate chip, a little more subtle of a nose to me. And some people are scared of it, I think, because of the fact that it can smell a little earthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also, and that's what everybody has to do is they have to represent what uh, what strains they want to be associated with their brand name, right? Like La Coca Nostra is gonna have these strains and you don't want them popping up everywhere, but inevitably they're gonna make it into the market. You just don't want it to be the one that, like mm -hmm. you said, there's 
well, you're the seventh grower who comes in this week who's got GMO or or whatever it might yeah. be, you know? Right. It's not a knock on any other grower or the stores no, 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 or anything, right? You know right. what I mean? It's just that keeping things unique and different is what keeps people coming to these stores too, consumers, right? You know what I mean? Consumers yeah. still like everything new under the sun or how much are they looking for or what's familiar too? Like, I mean, I think, I think consumers like a wide variety for sure. And if I, every store is definitely trying is in competition with one another not necessarily in a hostile competition but they're always keeping an eye on each other and trying to make sure that they're trying to do things to attract a customer to them because the market is so hot and it is over i already think right now it's becoming oversaturated so it's a war of who's going where you know and who and and who's going to be more loyal to customer and the easiest way to get people in is you look at the display case and there's 30 strains, you know, people are like, Oh my God, that's overwhelming. It's like now you're in a candy shop, you know, and then yeah. you start lingering and all that stuff and lingering shopping is, you know, can drive sales right through the roof. So there's a lot of aspects of, I think having a wide variety that's important for consumers. Mm. I mean, yeah. personally, you're going to tell me, Hey, you can go to the store with 30 strains or five strains. I'm going to go to the store with 30 strains first yeah. because I'm going to have more selection to look at. Mm -hmm. Not to, not to knock the store with only five, they might have all be five knockouts, but to hear that I can have that many options, I'm walking in that store first. Yeah, no, for sure. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know. I've been back and forth on this, but you made a very convincing argument there. That makes a lot of sense because I thought like maybe cutting it in half. I like this as long as maybe you even go a little bit more with the rarity of where are you going to where are you going to find this flower elsewhere in the state? That kind of thing. I don't know. That's the only way I can think. I think there something. is a healthy balance, though, between that and your brand and your representation. There are some stores that have like 50 to 70 strains and all 50 to 70, unfortunately, are considered like a mid-grade compared to some other stores. So there is a healthy balance. You know, I think you're 30 to 40. You can guarantee that there's probably going to be some good contenders in there. Once you see, you know, places with just unbelievable numbers, there's a little bit of questions going on. It's like, all right, well, you know, where's this all coming from as far as like the quality of it, you know? True, true right. but I will say this about Maine, and I've been cross country and, you know, out of the country. These are some of the best growers and some of the best weed I've ever come across anywhere I've ever been, like, honestly. Yeah. Some of the growers in this state are, would succeed anywhere they went. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? One thing yeah, that really baffles that way too. me. It, but that gives, us, that gives us, the consumer, a ton of really great options. Like, yeah. like you say, you, you know, you can go into the store with 30, there might be 25 fire strains on that list. And mm -hmm. it's because this state has so many terrific growers. Mm. And I really think it's one of the biggest advantages Maine has compared to other states. I mean, you get people coming from out of state to come here because they want so-and-so. Or I saw somebody, you know what I mean? Like, it's impressive. It's really impressive. How many Kudos to all the Maine growers out there, honestly. Yes, like, yes, I really, no, for sure. I think uh, one thing I thought was really interesting is when I went out to Colorado, um, and anytime I, I went to a dispensary, normally out of state, I mean, it's and they're a bigger, you know, it's more corporate at that point to more of a bigger infrastructure. It seems like the cannabis is always dry. I know that sounds like a stupid, like a observation. And everyone I talked to was like, yeah, the bud's so dry here compared to like Maine. And I always wonder why is that the one biggest complaint is that it's dry, it doesn't have a nose. And I wonder if there's some delay with how the laws are written or I know I think in some states it has to go to the distribution facility first because that's what assesses the tax. Mm. But I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's it's rather confusing, I think. I'm sure the traveling, I'm sure ambient temperatures, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, can make, say you're probably a lot drier in some of those areas, right? Yeah. No, no, for sure. So Honestly, naturally the, the bud too. might get like that. 
I mean, like I said, that's the thing in Maine. Like these people really care, right? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they're gonna make sure when they come to your store that it's the best that they could have done to their ability before they bring it to you. Like not everybody, but a lot no, of yeah, growers you're looking that I know, for craft. You're looking mm -hmm. for craft. They go over yeah. and beyond a lot of people I know from other places and, and times. And it's amazing, man. It really is like- uh, you, uh, you know, we are uh, experiencing like this this is a once in a lifetime kind of moment to be in Maine for, for this moment with how good the quality is how, and such a, it's also kind of scary though. Why? To say that, like, you know, it's like, it's a once, in, it's almost like, well, you know, you, you hope that everything that's going on is going to help continue the quality, you know, as, as hard as it does well, no, seem, right. it, you know, it seems like maybe there'd be some type of light at the end of the tunnel where we can maintain some sense of, being able to have big prosperous businesses that want to succeed, but that also want to play by the rules and don't want to influence through bad legislation. And at the same time, keep a craft sense of me, kind of like the beer scene does, you know, no one, yeah. no one really hollers at Bud Light. Granted, I have heard from the beer mama by following her a little bit that there is some lobbying stuff that does happen in the craft beer scene also, yeah. but it does seem like they, there's obviously a healthy relationship, you know? Do you think the health of the cannabis, uh, the craft, the interest in the craft cannabis is more sustainable because of the medical program and continuing to exist the way it is now. Like we had that victory, you know, in a sense. Medical where, keeps guys like me going, you know, I, I'm not a big facility, right? You know right. what I mean? I'm a one man guy. It's very important. <laughs> it's it is. very important. So this victory, how much you talked about maybe having to enter into the rack. It would have been probably a, a reaction that I think a lot of other growers would have felt or, or people would. I just don't want to not be growing. So it's why I've looked into it. Right. Right. Uh, I haven't pursued it yet, but just keeping my eye on it because I love what I do. I want to keep doing what I'm doing and I just don't want to fall behind either. Right. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, I, I love medical. It should stay this way. Guess what guys? Not everything works out the way we want it to. We've mm -hmm. seen what happens in a lot of other States. You got to stay on your toes. Maine is stronger than any other state I've seen, though, keeping this medical thing going. And it was really a cool thing to see. It is so cool, man. And I I talk to other people at a state, and it's like always the first, like, hey, man, you guys seem like you're real supportive, local. You guys are real active over there. And I'm like, yeah, they really are. And not even me, man. There's you know other guys out there that do so much. Yeah. It's I'm amazing. Really they, they, they care so much. Mm -hmm. I'm not no one cares about medical marijuana like their program than people in Maine. Yeah. No doubt about it. I've been noticing a little bit more, and this is just something where sometimes I'll pull up data on the main podcast. And during that period of time when um, LD1339, uh, or I, I, I might've got those numbers wrong, but um, 73, nine, oh shit. Well, anyways, I, I, the I, number. I, yeah. <laughs> you guys know the one that we won, whatever it was. The right? one with the numbers, wah, yeah. Wah, wah. Uh, 1939. <laughs> Spanish Armada. Come on, I'll keep L, throwing LD these 1242, out. the one that blocked the the changes or? Yeah. I'm, I was, yeah, okay. I believe, yep. Um, that felt good because now we have a chance to preserve and protect what this Im image and what our impact can be. We can, I would hope only grow stronger uh, as a medical program because this, somebody asked me like, where do you think is the best flower in the world? And I said, well, that's, I don't know like what to really answer to that because I, I don't know the whole world. There's that strong European, they've got a, 
uh, a, a large influence on cannabis. A couple different countries that are cultivating countries out there. So mm -hmm. they've definitely dabbled in it. Yeah. Um, the people in Morocco. We're not ready. We're not ready to make that total comparison yet. But you know, um, if this were to exist and like what we were talking about, this craft thing, mm -hmm. there's no greater talent that assembled where it probably shouldn't have, mm -hmm. you know, see that go forward. Well, speaking of like some uh, legislation that passed through the, the bill LD 967, which doesn't mean any, anything to anyone, doesn't mean anything to me really, but it's, uh, it's uh, about the approved bill to decriminalize all drugs on the 50th anniversary of Nixon's war on oh, drugs. Yeah. Uh, that's right. pretty cool if you think about it that in like a, in a grand scheme of things, because a lot of the nonviolent stuff that happens is end up, people end up getting in jail and, and stuff like that. And then we end up paying for it, you know, and that's the, that's the end goal of it too, is like for some of these small things. And I think there's a lot of stuff in comments that get blown out of proportion. Like, well, then you're going to have cracked. I, I'm, from what I've been understanding, it's really small personal use stuff for anyone that's carrying around like a seven gram crack rock. You're probably still going to jail. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not protecting those people. No. And, you know, I honestly don't think it's a bad idea. Right. I'm with you in the like freeing up some court space here yeah. for these people who are nonviolent and really not doing anything, harming no. anybody but themselves, maybe. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. now it's another thing. Hey, you, you, I don't know, you did heroin and then crashed into somebody. Yeah. yeah you're going to jail and you yeah. deserve it. Right. If you get caught with a little something like you were saying, crack, whatever the drug may be, I don't think that person needs to go to jail. They need help. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Right, like right. jail is not doing it. So mm -hmm. I think it's cool was that, that Maine will take a different spots? step towards that. Yeah. yeah that's I hope that it was. doesn't it was allow industry. more dirtier drugs into the state. You know what I mean? Because I don't want that. Yeah. But I, I, I definitely don't want people getting arrested for dumb little things. And they should be more concentrated on bigger problems. Well, I heard also, too, that it might open the door for legalizing, you know, psilocybin and mushrooms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. I, uh, Huge but they allow us for, to cultivate it. Would they allow the individual or, or a growth in business to I get mean, into that? I would think they would if they legalized it. Yeah, if they legalized it, somebody's growing them. So mm -hmm. uh, it would probably... State operated. Yeah, and I, honestly, <laughs> I hope Phil Simon goes through because I do think there's a lot of medicinal uh, properties and values yeah. that we can find out about it. And yeah. uh, you know, we can find about is start studying it too. Yeah, let's mm -hmm. study it, man. Why, we're, we're just like holding ourselves back from well, not studying these things. Like, I think they are out in Oregon, though. They're really starting to mm -hmm. invest in that kind of research. But they should have been doing it on. 10, 20 no, years you're ago. Absolutely That's my right. thing. I mean, I'm glad they're doing it now. But No, they were more interested in LSD, LSD test on... on, on <laughs> a monkey? <laughs> <true>. on, uh, <laughs> no, on soldiers. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what that one's called, um, but I found that to be an interesting Would, would that bill have any... <laughs> effect on our cannabis at all or i'm assuming not you know well yeah it, you know my my theory on this i wasn't sure like i put it up as a story on the main podcast um mentioning something about the decriminalization what what were their thoughts where they decriminalized it really quick i, I feel like they're going to act fast on it and i don't think they're going to allow it to be like anybody like hey you know we're really we're sort of a grassroots cannabis. We could easily transition for those who want to and into, you know, making this a, a legit operation. 
Front, you know, easy well, enough. So who's got the contracts? That's what I'm thinking. I'd have to ask my, my question. I think it gets skipped. My answer to the question would be is, well, other other places have enacted this, right? What is their outcome from it? Is it, are they better off than where they were? Are they worse off? If we're seeing where like, hey, uh, Portugal, I think did that, right? And I, you know, where was it? Washington, Oregon late, yeah, uh, recently. Portland, so um, what's going on? Is that actually working for them? Because mm. then I'm like, okay, now if it's working for these other places, give it a shot. But if you're not seeing positive effects from it, then yeah, you, you need to have a serious discussion about not doing it too. No, Who yeah, can but, offer that kind of data though without feeling like there might be a biasness? I do think it's hard in areas like um, that have a bigger inner city <clears throat> that tends to have like a lower income. It's harder for those places to legalize it on a broader scale like Maine will. Because if you think about a lot of that, there's, it's, it, it can metastasize to something that it shouldn't be. And that's what I think happens in those situations you were talking about, like in some third world countries where they have tried approaches like that to try to free up, free up space and it ends up getting way out of control. And it's just because I think sometimes it boils down to the lack of income, the lack of education, and then it can just really breed a bad situation, you know, across a, of anything that's a, you know, an inner city or what could be considered at some point to get out too. Mm. Yeah, you can, it, there's always that who doesn't benefit from it, like how's this cycle break? But I think, mm -hmm. we, I think we've always, like there's been such an, an attachment between drugs and, and uh, oppressive nature, to be honest with you, that to finally have it lift up, I, I understand that we want things to move fast and I don't know if I, would they ever will if they're ever going to really kind of move in the direction we had hoped because there are a lot of infractions and a lot of prisons that are full. I don't know. Um, they built a, they built a business out of prisons. It's hard to believe like, what are they going to give them up for now? Do they become tours that you can go on? And, and what are we recycling new housing? I mean, what happens? Low, low rates here. You can live here or $400 a month. You won't, you pay us, <laughs> you know? Sure, I want to stay in prison, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. So there's always been, well, yeah, there's always been this uh, an attachment to crime and and under under other people's control. And so I, don't we're, wrong, we're new I, and I, acting I together. I think we definitely all think there's, there's you know, everything's in, in, in limitation, you know? But it, it, you're right. It, it's just an over overreach, I think, on a lot of stuff. For nonviolence, I think it... it it creates a lot of debt that no one needs, you know, on any municipality. I level. mean, why did we allow it though? Why do we go so long allowing that to be the case though too? Why, why do we need to let them tell us that, Hey, this is when, you know, not to get too political on it, but well, why do we let them tell us when, you know, like when it's right and when it's wrong, we all kind of knew it was right. Well, I think it goes back to what we're talking about, the stereotypical, um, image we have of cannabis. You know, if you think about what we thought of, like you were talking about thinking someone could even kick in the door, it's because of like, that's what has been ingrained. That was ingrained through, you know, propaganda, essentially a lot of stuff that, that even cannabis was bad, you know? And I think a lot of the fear was that it was easy to put it on, you know, the, the cocaine was coming from South America. It was easy to put it on a, you know, a culture of people and say that, you know, the outsiders are bringing yeah, yeah. this into right. America and they're causing all this damage. And I think that's where it really came. It was easy to rally is almost in a sense of like for patriotism. You know, that's what people thought. It wasn't even a war on drugs. It was like a war for America. That's what almost I think 
caught. It was the other country's fault, but we were the ones doing them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know what That's I mean? exactly how it is. So we were the ones fueling mm-hmm. it. So these dudes were just making a shit ton of money off us dumbasses <laughs> that were all, you know, hey, we got like millions and millions of buyers yeah. over yeah, here. Exactly. This is a so great a, market for you. You're going to love it. That's what I think really fueled it, too, is that and there's a lot of money that they realized they're making and Uncle Sam's not. And that's mm. what really makes them mad, too. At the end of the day, we all know that it all comes down to the dollar. Yep. They realize there's tax dollars. They're not getting in on it. It's le- leaving their economy and stuff like that. So it's just it's it is what it is. But we're going to get into a global weed, aren't we? <laughs> How soon? How soon do you think that happens? I don't know. Probably not for a while. I mean, you no. got you to gotta wait for uh, this federal Thing to really yeah sure it really I mean, it's starts great to that they take say yeah don't worry about bit. it don't worry about it but no one's gonna no one's gonna not worry about it you right. know because it's still there like you just said you know i think it was like before they were telling the banks like yeah you could take uh you you could take their money and they made that clear but when i went to go talk to a bank person she was like yeah they're telling us that but it's still federally illegal and if they decide that one day we want to just charge you with it they're gonna get a racketeering charge so they're not doing it until she doesn't care that they said, oh, well, don't worry about it. She's only going to do it once that law is gone. Right. Mm. And the only way. And I think that's the only way you're going to start seeing it be more global because there's just so much risk Definitely. still. Well, there's no way I think you can fly out of the United States without getting it become federal. Well, yeah. Right, right. Unless you like ship Maine to Canada. But even then, that's a federal, you know, the border's federal, so... Maybe for competitions, are you allowed to? You're obviously allowed to bring product over for competitions, right? No. Huh. Well, that's that definitely works. not federally legal. So it's definitely just a, yeah. So wait not- a minute. One of our guests went to Spanopolis there. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, it's like speaking, in, <laughs> speaking in shorthand. Well, you know the time. Well, you know, and then, you know, and then you know the guy, everybody's then, protected and then, here. Huh? Huh? And then the guy, and then he did the thing over over there, and you remember that too. And then you're like, oh yeah. And it's like what? Speaking of- in shorthand, not to rat someone out. So that's the best way to do it. But no, yeah, I think there's definitely some weird things about the differences in state and federal laws. But anytime you're traveling out of the state, it becomes federal. You know, the whole transport up from one to the other, that's when the federal federal government's allowed to take jurisdiction of it. So definitely bringing it to competitions, unfortunately, is probably definitely illegal. And and that's just some some of the risks that some people are willing to take. Granted, I don't think you're going to get a Fed charge for bringing a couple grams. And that's why no. a lot of people fly with it. Because, like, Los Angeles Airport even said, yeah, we don't even care. You can fly out of here with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I it's definitely relaxing, it's- like, on a, on a countrywide scale. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of people come up here, though, through, you know, other parts of uh, New England and say they, they love the vibe up here. They love how free it feels for us to do, uh, to live around. And Until winter hits. Around it. Until winter hits. And that's we, a whole we get to live where people story. vacation, man. Oh, no. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. great. No, that is true. It's like Florida, except not as hood. <laughs> that's the cool part about it. And not as hot. Not as hood, not as hot. No, no. I've been thinking there's uh, one one question I've been starting to think about asking people who are it's what the fuck matters to you right now? <laughs> really? As what far, the fuck matters as as at what? this point in 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 growing and being in cannabis 
And, and it could possibly apply to a lot of other things. Like what, what are, where have you found yourself putting your values? I guess what matters to me is a good, clean business, man. A yeah. transparent business where people could see me and go, consistency, right? You know what I mean? I'm not going to say I've got the best in the state or, I, you know, this is the best ever. But it's like, hey, consistent, good. He always says what he's going to do. That's what's most important to me is when someone looks at me, they, they know what I am and what I'm going to give them. And it's always going to be consistent. Well, the thing is, I feel like that a lot of people learn and that it's, if you say you're going to follow up, follow up. You know, that's like that. That's the biggest thing that it, it really pisses people off. Like, yeah, I'll reach out to you tomorrow and you don't reach out tomorrow. You know, reach out to them. That's the biggest thing. And that, that's the thing I think it speaks to consistency, too. So, yeah, it does. Yeah, well, oh, that was a good answer. Yeah. Well, what matters that's the first to you? time I've ever asked. Yeah. I, I like that's a good question. What matters to you? What the fuck matters to you? Mm. Shit. I think. It's, an in, it's a depth question. I think yeah. being, I think always being, trying to figure out how adaptable and yet still be very involved with family, that uh, the willingness you're, you're willing, like what you're willing to sacrifice on one end or the other. And finding that balance is always big. And sometimes there need to be moments of sacrifice and you never know what comes of it from that point. Sacrifices so. can be tough sometimes, man. Right? I mean, yeah. you, but you, it's all worth it in it a lot of different ways because it's there's no quite similar ride that's going on right now too. Like this, right. this is pretty damn cool. Very cool, you know. <laughs> so, how about yeah. you, Evan? What the fuck matters to you? Um, I honestly think, uh, you know, trying to find a work life balance and you know build a build a career I think is, is what really matters with a lot of people is you know trying to build something that you can do for the rest of your life or at least for the foreseeable future yeah right right and also have a healthy balance with that and you know like kind of what you were talking about it's like you're it kind of came down to it for a lot of us too is you want a career and, that you love to do and you you want to have it balanced with family yeah. and fun and exactly personal life. and that's what I think a lot of people want but it's not very easy to do <laughs> no no <laughs> no no um thank you for coming on yeah thank we you appreciate so much. you Dan. thank you guys mm -hmm. for having me this was a Evan, great Care time. Bear, yeah i appreciate it <laughs> no <laughs> edit that <laughs> she's little big leg um uh, where where can people find your products what where, where what shelves where where's this happening all right all right um, <laughs> which means we're keeping that whole part in <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's well, the, a big shout out to the first three stores that I've worked with because they've been with me since day one. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would be uh, Atlantic Farms, uh, Sense Amelia, mm -hmm. because of you, and uh, um, uh, Kind Guy. Uh, great, great stuff to, down at Kind Guy. Always yeah. have mad respect for what they what they do. Keith, Joe, uh, mm -hmm. those guys are great. You know, uh, Atlantic Farms, uh, Ian, uh, Jackson, uh, Rocco, solid guys. I, I just like them, man. And um, you know, I've liked how they've operated in that in that market. They've done a really good job and well represented. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just like them. Good, solid, transparent dudes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then. Um, uh, Sense Amelia, like I said, you know, yep. I got hooked up there because of you, Carrie. Shit. Someone you know, came searching no me. Thing. Someone yeah. came searching me, and I found you. Uh, <laughs> no, 
those three stores have been with me since day one. And I just want to say thank you because um, it means a lot to me, you know? Uh, and I won't get too further up than that. But uh, the other stores you can find me at are Cure. You can find me at, um, geez, I'm going to go uh, through this real quick in my head. Sure. Sorry. Oh, right, um, right. You want us to play background music? Yeah, no. So Cure. Um, uh, um, <laughs> all right maybe we are gonna edit some of this yeah, you should uh, <laughs> uh this is <laughs> can we use okay. some of this content for patreon of course charge of people course. yeah <laughs> <No>. <laughs> appreciate uh, that <laughs> see from day one it doesn't matter where i don't care the other places we'll put them in the subtitles yeah. all right at this point <laughs> <laughs> ain't no thinking on this one <laughs> well, you can also find me at uh cure you can find uh some product at Green Truck and uh, the delivery service Joey Nugs 207. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, I just, I do a lot of, like as it started, a lot of these stores all started up here. Right. I was south yep. uh, as a grower, a Southern grower. So a lot of those things opened up later and being a small guy. So I've tried to keep some business down south where I live because I think I should. And I, I think those guys deserve it. And uh, I'm glad you're throwing up this way though. Yeah, Don't get no, me wrong. I, that, I really the, try I to really like it for our market up here. I really enjoy when we have a, a great diversity it out, of man. what. Yeah, because like, why give it all to just one place? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just give people access to it. Yeah. And, you know, you could pretty much find me from Biddeford up here into Lewiston. And, you know, that's went, enough. That's went, enough ground for those where of you who travel. didn't see that he went from his kneecap up to his <laughs> forehead. <laughs> we'll throw that in. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I didn't forget any stores because <laughs> I'd feel terrible because they're all so nice to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'll save no, you. I'll save it to you. You definitely did. Okay. I don't know which one, but I know that How anytime many you go to list them out, there's no way. It's impossible <laughs> to list them all when you're put on the spot like that. I felt bad for you the whole time. <laughs> who, who did that to you? Was that you, Gary? Uh, yes, I did. Oh. Uh, I thought I'd uh, you know, give a shout out. You only, I don't know, you didn't have to that was, shout uh, that was his. Uh, that was his comeback after calling him Care Bear. <laughs> you want some of that? <laughs> Sorry, Carrie. Right. Somehow I go into I go into Guthrie's and he's like, "Hey, Care Bear," <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait a minute, what?" The, he's like, "Who told you, you that?" I was like, "No, nobody." <laughs> all right, sure. all right, I'll drop that. <laughs> That's, no, no, it's fine. I just, I I'll, just I'll bring know. in my old Care Bear for you. Yeah, I'll give you a toy. <laughs> Which one? It depends. <laughs> the one I cuddle with at night every night. Oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'm blushing for those of you who can't see. <laughs> nice, dude. It's a. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, Carrie. With you. Honestly, me and you can sit there and shoot the shit like for hours, man. So I appreciate you having me on. Like, I don't think I'm that interesting. So I appreciate you thinking I'm interesting to be on the show. And uh, you guys have done a really good job here, man. Uh, I haven't listened to every episode yet, but I've listened to a few and keep doing what you're doing, no, you've man. Given I really us enjoy feedback, it. And we yeah. really appreciate that too. I'm, you know, and, and also one being one of our sponsors, I really appreciate that too. Yeah. It's, 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 we're not trying to make uh, too much, but we wouldn't mind like, giving back a, a little bit more like what we can do, like really get out to people. And well, we enjoy having them here and we'd love to have a party with you guys and just 
Care Givers. And I love the party. Know. Let's do it, baby. Caregivers yeah. and Care Bears and everyone in between. I'll bring all the and Care Bears. Just have some fun. Like, have a little sesh together and just enjoy the moment for a cannabis moment. No no hype. We'll fucking give you beers and we'll, let's just have a sesh together yeah. with all no, kinds yeah. of people who just, just want to Just one thing I want to say. We were talking about the crafts earlier and we and it doesn't have to be in there, but I just want to get it out. I'd really like to see the weed industry, the cannabis industry kind of almost uh like collab a little bit more on things like you see some of these breweries do you know what i mean yeah i, I think that would be really cool to see and i honestly think it helps business on both sides because like we were talking about before we're, we're sitting there being like well who's going to get the customers to be loyal right mm -hmm. i think you can have them be loyal to both of you and i think everybody can work together and work on projects i mean not everybody's going to work together and work well but Right, right, right. Uh, it'd be cool to see more collabs. Like you said, you see the crap breweries where the two breweries get together and make one. That, that's like cool, yeah. man, you know? I, and it shows, uh, I think too, like people working together, sharing ideas, helping each other become better growers, better business people, better humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really, it is. It's about being better humans out of it all. That's what the fuck matters. That was the last thing I just wanted to add in there. <laughs> yes. That's what You're a good hype man like that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Dan.